0: Hello and welcome to Lauren.live. This is the Spirituality Health and Lifestyle Podcast. Today I have a very, very special guest, Patrick Dehan. Hello. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for joining us. My um, pleasure. I'm very pumped about this topic. Uh, I've prepared some of my listeners. We are going to be, some would say it's a rabbit hole, but to others it's completely a normal part of life. Uh, we're going to be talking about. ETs, aliens, um, out of world species, if you will, and uh, Patrick DeHaan, our guest, I'm going to do a quick little intro on him. Uh, He was born in Queens, New York, and is a commercial insurance veteran, and his wife and him have been married for uh, 35 years with two adult children. That's right. And uh, one grandchild, correct? That's correct. Uh, Yes. And uh, he is multilingual um, and has... Visited dozens of countries, most of the U.S. states, and uh, he moved to Texas 22 years ago. That's right. And (laughs) he wrote this book. We'll put it in in the show notes, but this is the Alien Handbook. He's got it there. There we go. Got two twin <laughs> books there. Um, and it's a guide to extraterrestrials, uh, copyright 2018. And uh he's got a website, which we will again put this all in the show notes. It's called the amendment.net. So again, we'll put this in the description of the YouTube video, uh, and also in the podcast section if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. So if you are listening on audio and you want to watch this recorded video, head over to YouTube and watch it. Um So anyways, we're going to dive into a lot of the stuff that is written in the book. If you're curious, pick this up because there's a lot of detail and we won't be able to cover everything today, but I did. I read it from front to back. I can say it's fascinating. I learned a ton and uh, we're going to dive in. So Patrick has uh, the amazing gift that he says we all have the gift of uh, channeling. Um, if you don't know what that means, um, he can get uh, you know uh, messages from his guides, from p- other people's guides with their permission, um, and he's able to telepathically communicate with them and also with ETs, and that's what's in this book. There are actual interviews with ETs. So before we dive into the ET stuff, just to give people kind of more of an idea, I was asking you earlier, like why do some people like yourself have the gift, if you will, to channel, but others don't? And how can you learn how to?
1: Everybody has the ability to communicate telepathically. Some people have a greater natural ability early on, and that can best be compared to playing a musical instrument, running, playing sports, cooking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No different, all sorts of different levels. However, everyone can learn to do it. And the way to do it is to, first of all, believe that it's possible. Because if a person wants to communicate telepathically, doesn't think that they can do it, well, then they won't do it. And we all understand that. Oh, I can't win this running race. That's right. If you believe that you can't win the race, you won't win. That's true. Our thoughts create our reality. If on the other hand, you truly believe that there's a possibility, now you stand a much better chance. Uh, It's the same thing with telepathic communication. Once a person truly believes that they can do it, that they can learn how, then they can proceed to the next step, which is ask for... They're principally guardian angel guides. Every human being has several, at least one at any given time, generally several, to lead the way and to begin to map that out and make their communication with the person more obvious. At first, nothing will seem to happen. But the more a person sticks with it, kind of like taking, oh, I don't know, taking vitamins or supplements, oh, taking cinnamon, taking a... Uh, 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 Turmeric will lower your blood pressure. Well, sure, but not in one day. You have to take it every day for a while, and then after a couple of months, then you see some really modified results. What's well, the same thing with the telepathic medication. The Person has to keep trying continuously. But it's not gonna take a couple of months. It's gonna be more like a few days or a week. And then they will begin to distinguish very clearly between their own thoughts and the incoming telepathic thoughts. Outgoing telepathic communication is very simple. It simply requires a belief that our thoughts, our messages are actually going to their destination. The best example I can think of, if anybody out there is Roman Catholic. Uh, They've been at mass, they received communion. Well, everybody lines up to receive communion. and, And while the rest of the people are waiting their turn, the parishioners return to their pew it's very common to see people, it's not a requirement, but it's very common to see people kneel down to the pew and say a prayer. Sometimes they'll do that before they'll swallow the host. Often, and I've done this, people are praying to the souls of their loved ones and their dearly departed family members. Well, I don't know how many Roman Catholics there are on earth that do this, but I don't think a billion people would be a low estimate. Are all of those billions of people all praying into thin air, just self-consolation? They're putting themselves off, but they don't want to admit it out of pride. Take another example. Look at all of the people at any Muslim service or any Muslim prayer. They got the prayer rug pointed towards Mecca. They get down on their knees. And knees. Are they just praying into the dirt? Or is that desire going someplace? Well, yes, it is going someplace instantly. the message always arrives. But people want the message to arrive the way they want words to arrive and they want confirmation. I'm talking to you, you're talking to me. So if I say, oh, I think you're beautiful, you're going to react a certain way. If I, th- I say, I think you're an ugly witch, you're going to react a certain way. But whatever the reaction is, your facial expressions, your body language, your words, we're going to confirm that the message arrived. Mm-hmm. That's normal human verbal communication. When we send our thoughts out, <clears throat> it happens. Well, we don't get a facial expression. We don't get language and we don't get words back. So how do we know? Well, we need to learn that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, and that's how people learn to telepathically communicate. It starts with belief and then it starts with basic steady practice. Mm-hmm. I
0: like it. Seems obtainable.
1: (laughs) It is by everyone.
0: Yeah. So everyone has the ability to do it.
1: Well, if a person can stand and use their arms, they can learn to swing a tennis racket and hit a tennis ball. Now, who is going to take that to the point where they become Wimbledon champion? Right. Who is going to take that much farther than just telling everybody that they couldn't even handle a tennis ball. And now they can bounce it and hit it with a racket. Well, there's going to be a little in between. It's the same thing. Everyone can learn to do it. The question is how far they want to take it. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Free will. We get to make our own decisions.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, and so kind of moving now into more of the ET thing, uh, how often do you communicate with them and Is it always you that has to initiate to invite them to speak? They don't just speak to you, correct? And I know you talk about this in your book, but for people that haven't read it, they don't just start speaking to you, right? Like you have to initiate the conversation through your guides or just directly to the ETs? Directly. Okay.
1: I asked my guides helped a little bit. Okay. The soul of a deceased young man who took his own life uh, now going on almost 12 years ago son of a doctor in Houston, uh, she was instrumental. I, I discovered later on, I'm part of the soul family mm. in, in other lives, so there's some links there and that's what established the connection. Uh, he helped me quite a bit initially mm-hmm. by helping set up those those contacts, but now I have those, those connections directly. Okay. But no, the extraterrestrials will never come and interfere we're establishing contact that the person doesn't want. However, once the person wants it, uh, lock and load, off they go.
0: So you will get messages now that come in without you initiating the the telepathic conversation? No, I have to ask them to communicate. still I have to, do? I
1: have okay. to place the call, and then they'll chat as long as I
0: want to call. I see. So you still are always the one to invite them in? Yes. Okay, I got it. Okay, and how often do you...
1: It's haphazard. Sometimes it can be twice in a week. Sometimes I can go six months.
0: Okay. So it's just kind of all over the place.
1: Uh, I did it recently. There were some, you've probably seen them also, uh, news reports getting into the very popular mainstream media. When I say mainstream media, I'm talking about the big names we've all heard of. BBC, Fox News, CNN, Sky News Australia, et cetera, et cetera. Talking about military videos being released and commentary from some of the military personnel involved in taking those pictures. How are these unidentified aerial phenomena? Well, they don't want to say UFO because they're not even sure that this is a flying object. They don't know what it is, but they've got it on video and they're talking about it. Well, I've asked recently, okay, how are these sightings, vessels they're talking about, how are they able to run that way specifically? Well, the alien ETs came to me and they told me and explained it. They lay out all of their technology and how it works. Now they don't give me, uh, they don't give me uh, formulas, and they don't teach me right. differential calculus and physics. Uh, they could, they don't, because we don't have the ability to understand or use that technology. But they explain exactly how they do it. How are they able to move through the atmosphere, not create a wake, not create a sonic balloon, not to have any fuel residue? How can they go below the surface? of the ocean and move at the same speed, they can move through the atmosphere. So explained it to
0: me. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, this is kind of a good uh, segue, actually, because I know it's kind of more popular now with Teslas, obviously, on the rise. Elon Musk, that's a big name in the news these days. But um, free energy, obviously, it exists Kind of here. Not really. I mean, like you said, thinking about like a spaceship flying through, we don't really have that modern day. You have an airplane. It's polluting. It's using oil. So does free energy actually that technology, does it exist here on Earth? Do we have that technology? We just haven't made it mainstream. Okay. And it has been
1: used on Earth previously. Okay. Especially under the civilization of Atlantis. And my guides explained all of this to me. Uh, I've taken it along to uh, quite a conclusion, exactly how the technology works. Uh, caution, I wouldn't use the word free energy. It's fuel free.
0: Fuel free. Okay.
1: Uh, it's not free. We still need wires to move it around.
0: Okay. Fuel free.
1: <laughs> Even, uh, but uh, just to give you I, mean, I used to do a lot of work uh, with power companies. I know quite a bit about power grids and generating plants, et cetera. Uh, Typically, the, the retail price of electricity to the consumer, the office building, the warehouse, or the, the, the apartment, uh, about half of that is generation costs. The other half is transmission and distribution. Uh, with current technology, the transmission and distribution costs will pretty much stay the same or go down a little bit. The difference is that half of what someone pays that goes for generation. Uh, probably a good half of that is fuel. That goes away. Then there is the portion that goes to pay on the capitalized expenditure, the CAPEX, as it's called, uh, which is the debt involved in building all of the generation equipment. That has to be paid for, uh, generally over a 30-year period. Uh, the new generation uh, capacity will cost a fraction. And when I say a fraction, I'm talking about one hundredth or or one two hundredth. We're talking less than one percent of the total cost that generation equipment costs today a million and a half dollars or more per megawatt. So if somebody has a 500 megawatt steam electric station that's burning coal or lignite, for example, in a steam boiler and then as a steam turbine generator on, that's standard technology used in the United States for darn near a hundred years now. Today, that 500 megawatt plant is gonna cost three quarters of a billion, if not a billion dollars, depending on what sort of emissions. To generate 500 of power by a new method, it's not gonna require 750 or 800 million dollars to build that plant. It can be done for about 20 million dollars. And it's even more reliable, and there's no fuel cost. Wow! It's, it essentially uses the natural magnetic field of Earth, Earth's natural magnetic field, mm-hmm. what makes compasses work, mm-hmm. and then builds that up and discharges an electrical pulse into a crystal. The crystal amplifies it and produces a very, very bright burst of light. Well, about seventy or eighty years ago, we began to figure out how to turn light into electricity, and now we do it all the time. It's called a photovoltaic panel, typically solar panels, mm-hmm. uh, and that just grew out of photography and photographic plates. Except with photography and plates, we use the the, uh, the photons of the light to create an image on a plate or on a piece of on a piece of film. But this can also be done with generating electricity, and that's how it works. Uh, the advantage of it is that Earth's magnetic grid is massive. It never shuts off. It's unlimited. We can make as much as we want, and there's no fuel. It's reliable. There's no moving parts. There's almost nothing to wear out from rotation or, or wear and tear. Uh, it's just a matter of finding a magnetic flux line, part of the the field, and then uh, putting one of these units along that flux line, or that flow line. We all learned that in school, where you take the iron shavings and you put them on top of a piece of paper with a magnet underneath, Mm -hmm. and as you move the magnet around, you see the flux lines form. Mm -hmm. Well, every magnetic field has that. Electricity is magnetism with wires. Magnetism is electricity without wires. Right. So we're just we're just uh, taking the natural magnetism of the Earth, but amplifying it with crystal.
0: Hmm. So all the woo woo. I love to say that word on here. Um, <laughs> because i make fun of myself and others but i actually believe in all that stuff and other people that deny this stuff that's why i use that for a joke but all the woo woo hippie people that are using crystals that say their energies that's actually true if they're using crystals to actually help fuel i mean not fuel but power machines i mean that that's pretty wild that's cool nowadays
1: almost everybody does it it's called a laser mm. We put a little bit of electric current into a ruby, and what happens? It produces a beam of light.
0: See, this is stuff that people don't know or think about. That's that's, that's great. Okay, so the crystal thing is real. Keeps that's charging. an example of using.
1: Absolutely, it's real.
0: Yeah, keep charging uh, those crystals.
1: <laughs> a quartz wristwatch. What is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little electrical current mm-hmm. going through a going through a quartz crystal, and it and it vibrates. Yeah. And if I set a consistent frequency, so the mechanism of the watch just counts the vibrations and then it's nice and accurate.
0: I like this. This is a good intro for the skeptics. We're showing how things, people don't think about it like this. You know, if you really break things down. Um, but what I want to ask really quickly and then we kind of move more onto the ETs, but not to get too controversial, but okay. So there's this, we have this free fuel energy available This technology here on earth. Are we, Pretty much just not using it because it would ruin the whole entire world economy if we nixed the use of oil. I mean, is that kind of, why Why wouldn't we just do this if we have this unlimited resource, like you said?
1: Well, most electricity on earth is not generated with oil.
0: But I mean, like, you know, flying planes and cars, like we're using oil oh, for yeah. all that. Like, why aren't we using these other technologies that you say do exist? They clearly do. Why aren't we doing that then?
1: Because we're not aware of them. Okay. Well, look Look! look uh, 150 years ago. That would be, let's see, 150 years ago, 1870. Who knew about bacteria? Think about viruses. So at the time when the first doctors and, and scientific investigators discovered what they believed were microscopic uh, or, or microbes, as the term came to be, that caused uh, infections, Literally, uh, I forget who the, uh, the uh, researcher did this, literally had to scrape his forearms with like sandpaper or a, or, or a rasp or something or a file, and then spread infectious material. I think he died from the infection. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have penicillin on his arms to prove that this is how infections were transmitted through microbes. The medical community just rejected that hypothesis outright. Uh, in the very late 19th century is when subway trains began to be develop. And the whole idea for a subway train is to go underneath rivers, and I think one of the first in the world was built between New Jersey and Manhattan to go underneath Hudson River. I used to ride them all the time, years later. And for a long time, they were called tubes and tubes. Well, what were they? It was just a metal tube yeah. uh, built inside of a tunnel that was blasted out underneath the bed of a river, and then they ran a train through it. Mm. Well, to get to that tunnel, the people would have to descend down into a station below the surface. The immediate reaction in 1890, when these plans were being laid, the general reaction was nobody in his right or her right mind is gonna walk down a staircase into a hole in the ground right. inside of a box which is where the station would be and then go inside the tube with the train running through it and right the train nobody's gonna do it they're absolutely not gonna do it yeah well we do it all the time we do it every day it's called a subway right and then quickly they figured out that the subway was great because then you could tunnel underneath an existing city mm-hmm. which you didn't really want to move even though you could Versus the river, which obviously you couldn't move. So it was a quick way to cross the river, much easier than building a bridge. They couldn't. They didn't have technology to build a bridge over the Hudson River that could run a train over it. Sure. They did on the other side. That's called Brooklyn Bridge and the Manhattan Bridge. And the trains run over those. Today, this is just so automatic. Yeah. But back then, I remember when I was a kid, I used to watch a TV show. And it was called Get Smart. And it was funny... Comedic detective, and he had this. Uh, he had this uh, uh, secretary assistant, whatever. And her nickname was Ninety Nine. That was a was hilarious. Anyway, he had a telephone into his shoe, and he would take off his shoe and pull the heel of the shoe back, and there was a little rotary dial, just like the rotary dial on a wall phone. Who has a rotary phone anymore?
0: Right.
1: A shoe phone. You don't need a shoe phone. You have an iPhone. Right. <laughs> As late as the 1980s, even the 1990s, the idea of having a small, portable telephone about the size of a pack of cigarettes that could be carried around and make phone calls it was crazy. Right. Today, it's the only way people make phone calls. Those are just some small examples sure. of many of the things that, of technology that's developed. But that's exactly what's going to happen. With a lot of the things and a lot of the technology that alien extraterrestrials are going to demonstrate to us and have already shown us. But the fact that we found these things out from alien users is sealed.
0: Right. So it's like it exists. It's just we haven't taken it to that next level. And there are people here that kind of know about it and are playing with it. I'm using Tesla as just an example. I mean, I know there's been battery operated Priuses and stuff, but it just seems like it's here. Like, why isn't it just? Taking off, I mean, what, is it just because, like you said, it's new and a lot of people just haven't taken it to the next step or we just don't, we don't know about it too. It
1: often often threatens an established interest.
0: Well, like I was saying with the oil, does it threaten then the world, that huge oil economy, right? Worse. Yeah. So, okay. Well, we'll see what happens with all that, but it's coming, it's coming.
1: I live in a place where oil is, is. Business, yep. I know all about it, and a lot of people in the business. Yeah. I've been very closely associated with it in many ways, although I didn't work in it directly. Uh, you can probably already figure out what the reaction would be to someone coming along and saying, "Hey, I have this great new technology, and I'm going to bust your rice bowl." Yeah, uh, show up at the headquarters of the Drug Enforcement Agency in Washington, D.C and tell them that you want to legalize narcotics and treat it like alcohol. And then, in fact, you're just going to shift that whole thing over to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. And the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms has very little involvement with adult beverages. Mm-hmm. That's handled at the state level. Right. There's importation, export, but that's, that's customs. That's Department of Commerce. Yeah. So all of those, I don't know how many drug enforcement agency uh, personnel there are, thousands and thousands, they're all out of jobs. Do they really want to see the ability to move heroin, cocaine, everything in and out of the United States freely without legal restrictions? Do they really want to see that? Of course not. Now, what would happen if we did that? Crime would plummet. Mm-hmm. For example, you hear about crime in the United States, murder. I have the formula right now. I don't need intervention. If you want to reduce the murder rate in the United States, just legalize drugs. Homicides will plummet by 95% in three or four months, and they'll stay down. That's how you eliminate homicide in the United States. Uh, If we take certain elements out of the crime statistics for murder in the United States, which are identifiable largely through crime and drug trade. The United States, when it comes to murder and violence in general, whether it's with firearms or not, is safer than Belgium. Mm. But we're not allowed to say that. Oh, the United States is a violent place, but Europe is safe. No, it isn't. And everybody knows, in the United States, you know this, I know this, almost without thinking about it, if we don't associate ourselves with illicit activities, the chances of being involved in violence related to those drops almost to zero. Uh, Now, there's not, absolute perfection doesn't exist, but it drops way off. Yeah. who, who, Who that's involved in the drug regulation wants this? Nobody. Well, it's the same thing with energy. Who wants to see their rice bowl smashed on the floor and their income go away? Right. We're seeing the effects of that right now. We had a pandemic, we had a whole bunch of state governments and the federal step in and say A, B, C, D, E, and F, Industry, it's for your own good. Without getting into a debate as to whether or not it was for our own good, the aspects which were definitely not for our own good are obvious in everyone's face. Whatever someone's preference or idea is, sure. to say that the measures that were instituted did not cause great, deep, long-lasting harm is ridiculous. Right. So now the debate is, did we have to do that? And the people that did it are going to say, oh, of course. You think they're going to come out and say, oh, sorry, we fucked up. Yeah. No, they're not. But in many cases, they did. Yeah. No, in other cases, they didn't. And then the people on the other side saying, we shouldn't have had any restrictions. Are they going to come out and say, see, I was right? Yeah, they might say that, but are they completely right? Well, we're going to have that debate. But the point is, we're seeing these effects, and Alien extraterrestrial technology and information, the ability to do things differently, are going to have effects on us. Mm -hmm. They, the alien extraterrestrials, have no authority to interfere in the course of human life and events without permission. Mm -hmm. We have to invite them in. Now, if we were, as a human race, to get together and collectively invite the aliens in and say... Yes, we want this technology, we want this knowledge, and this is what we're going to do with it. We get it. Mm -hmm. And they might say, well, before we give this to you, this is what's going to happen. These are the different scenarios which might unfold. Consider A, B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. So you're going to take this medicine. You might get better, you might get sick, you might grow a third arm, your hair might turn purple. There are a lot of different eventualities. You can't do this without having consequence. Consider them first. Mm. And they'll give us advice, but they're never going to tell us what to do. But this none of what I'm discussing is ever going to happen until mankind invites alien extraterrestrial contact. Mm. And the way human the, the, the way the, the, the human ideas stand now, we're very far away from it.
0: Right.
1: We've all been trained to think aliens are hostile bad they've dumped people they're going to do damage
0: right.
1: the ability of alien extraterrestrials to travel from wherever the origin of their trip is to earth just consider the technology if they wanted to harm humans we'd all be dead in about 20 seconds right they're never going to do that yeah. they, have no, they have no intention to do that I've used this example several times and I've been told to stop using it because it's so graphic but it's the only best one I can think of to attempt to underline the futility of that line of thought. Uh, and you were in one recently, several months ago. Uh, if if your daughter was born in a hospital, if she wasn't, you've been around. You know what it's like. Well, okay, there's the hospital, and then they have the maternity wards, and then they have the uh, the the, uh, the, where the babies are kept until they're released. Sometimes one day, sometimes several days. Well, that hospital has a security staff and maybe police officers. Does anybody go into the hospital and think for a second that the law enforcement officers are suddenly going to run into the hospital, open fire in the maternity ward, and kill all the newborn mothers and the babies? That's such a disgusting thing to think of and not even a curse to anybody. Would they do it? Of course. Are they going to do it? No. No chance. Yeah. Well, that's, what's, that's what goes on with humans and alien extraterrestrials. They're even less likely to do anything to us to harm us. Could they harm us? Of course. They, they could flatten the face of the see. earth. They never do that. Yeah. They love us. They're our cousins. Mm-hmm. They're here to observe us. Mm-hmm. So when we say, oh, well, why can't aliens come in and fix this or fix that? They're not going to come and fix anything. They're going to give us information if, we have, if we're willing to listen to them. And you read the book. I gave a number of examples in the book. Oh, come in and stop the wars. Okay, we'll stop the wars, and then you'll just have another war as soon as we stop stopping the first war. Right. What's going to stop you from starting the war in the first place?
0: Uh,
1: The United States apparently had a big problem, according to history books, with overconsumption of beverages in the period leading up uh, through the the, uh, First World War. So the country decided to amend the Constitution and ban adult beverages. What happened? Well, basically two things. The consumption of adult beverages went up, not down, and a whole bunch of criminals got rich and created criminal enterprises that preyed over American society well into the 1970s as a result of it. In other words, the unintended consequences were horrible. So let's fast forward until today. We've got some problems. We want the aliens to fix. So they're going to step in and tell us not to pick up the bottle and not get drunk.
0: Where okay. does it stop or start or begin or end, right?
1: We've got yeah, That's right. Where does it end? They all oh, let's take away all the weapons. What's okay. a weapon? Right. Anything Anything physical that you have, could be a weapon, depending sure. on how you use it. Or
0: you could drive drunk and kill someone, but are they just going to stop the wars, but then not stop the person that's driving drunk? So it's you can drive drunk and kill
1: someone, which only happens in the United States about 15,000 times a year.
0: Oh, well, I mean, it's low 12 to other-
1: 1400 times a month, mm-hmm. every month in the United States. That's just the United States. It's worse in other countries. Yeah. So, well, okay, I, we tried banning alcohol. We know how that's going to play out. So that's not an option. Okay, let's ban cars.
0: Yeah. That's not Right. <laughs> so yeah.
1: since we're not going to ban cars and we're not going to ban booze, what's the answer? Mm-hmm. The answer is human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hear the debate back and forth about, let's go, it's raging right now about firearms. Yeah, of course, using a firearm to hurt somebody is horrible. Using any weapon to hurt somebody is horrible. But the guns don't manufacture themselves. Sure. They don't box themselves up and ship themselves to the dealer. The dealer doesn't sell them to the legitimate buyers. This is the way it always happens. Who then has them stolen. And then they're sold and resold and resold at a high profit until they end up in the hands of a criminal who gets his own ammunition, carries the gun around, finds a target, draws the gun, puts the sights on target, and fires. Mm -hmm. Those those are all separate independent steps carried by a human being. If the human beings did do all those things, just don't load the gun. The gun's about as dangerous as, a, it's less dangerous than a spoon. Yeah. If it's unloaded, mm-hmm. you can pick up a spoon or a fork and do a lot of damage. But the gun is really, you know, it's like a small hammer, really. You can bang somebody with it. It's still ammunition. It's not really a very effective weapon. Put the ammunition in it, however, it changes things. But again, this is all human behavior. And so this is the, I'm giving these examples to highlight what goes on with alien extraterrestrials. They are going to present all sorts of ideas and concepts to us when we are, first of all, inviting them and then willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of the technologies that they would present to us, for example, anti-gravity devices, these would become weapons platforms almost Mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm.
0: So a lot of people would misuse them if they were to give this technology to us. There'd be a lot of people that would probably misuse them.
1: Well, that's the problem. We don't need weapons platforms. We've already got all sorts of weapons. Right. We already know how to shoot missiles and all the sorts of other stuff at each other. Right. We demonstrate it all the time. So why do we need a hovering platform to make it even more convenient?
0: Right. Okay. So going back though, kind of can you talk about then like if, why, you know, I think again, people think like, oh, aliens come and they abduct and they're gonna hurt us and they're scary, and they're only scary because they're foreign to us. Uh right. so you know, free will, like we have free will here. Um, you know, a lot of people that listen are spiritual and believe this too. And I believe this, that we, we have souls and we're here to evolve and there's learning lessons. And sometimes we have to come mm-hmm. back and there's different, all types of things, karmas and, you know, we have free will, but there's also things that are kind of predetermined. And so is the idea that, um, the aliens, they care for us, the good ones, at least out there that are hovering over earth and watching. they're all good. Okay.
1: If there were any sinister interests, they never, they're not allowed to ever come near earth.
0: Okay. So we're,
1: we're, we're protected against interference, interference, meaning changing the course of any one individual person's life against their will without their consent okay we're changing the course of humanity against the effect of our collective decisions
0: so they don't want to interfere um, with our free will because that's it's up to us they don't they want us to learn ourselves
1: yes but even more than that it's very basic they want to avoid hypocrisy because if alien extraterrestrial visitors to earth were to interfere in any way with human events, this broadcasts a signal to every other alien extraterrestrial race, oh, let's go to planet Beldar and screw with the Beldarians, Mm. because they screwed with Earth. It's just hypocrisy. They don't want anybody doing that. So they're not gonna do it to us. Now, these are the alien extraterrestrials with interstellar travel capability. They're generally very evolved socially. They understand all of this. They're very gentle, they're very easygoing. They're intensely interested in watching our developments. They're intensely interested in studying what goes on in earth, because they see both sides of it. For example, a politician stands up and says, X, I'll give you an example right now. The news is full of all this talk about the legal alien crisis of the border. To think for twenty or thirty nanoseconds that politicians in Washington D.C. did not know that this was going to happen is just a long way of saying that they're idiots. And we all know nobody gets to that level in politics as an idiot. Mm-hmm. They're sharp as a knife. It's obvious that what's going on at the border is calculated and intentional. So when a press pundit says, "What is going to be going to be done about the crisis?" The real belief like I was told me is do something about it. this is success beyond our wildest hopes. this is what we want to happen. They know that saying that publicly isn't a flavor. okay, that's just one small example there are many others the aliens that are observing Earth our cousins were 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 visiting see what's going on and they also know what the true intent is of a lot of the people putting things into motion so somebody will say I want you to be a happy person while I'm stealing all your savings out of your bank account." imagine how fascinating it is to watch that process and then see the effects on the people well we humans do that also it's called novels, fiction crime fiction etc well it's the same thing for them except it's not fiction it's reality, they're watching us Uh, and they're studying all the social trends, watching us very closely. Everything we write, everything we say, everything we broadcast is all observable and recordable by alien extraterrestrial. Now they can't intercede or interfere in what we would consider our personal private business. So if somebody is using the facility, for example, they can't look into the bathroom. Mm. Without us giving permission, now, the, the, the double benefit to that is the double protection is they could not care less. Yeah. This is human biological function that means nothing to them.
0: They're more interested in the social aspect, the civilization, our behaviors, things like that. Right. Yeah. So when So for, you know, people that are still listening, that aren't rolling their eyes and thinking we're wackos, but the UFOs or these objects that are hovering that ha- many people, many people have seen, Um, obviously the Pentagon now has admitted it, you know, that these are real. And so they are essentially, are they just observing us when there's maybe a light or a a movement of a a ship or whatever? Are they just simply watching us?
1: Yes. Okay. Well, they can conceal their presence and have, and they generally do when they are revealing their presence, they're doing that on purpose. They want the people they're observing to know they're being watched.
0: But are And they have the ability to show certain people, whereas, you know, some people that are into the stuff that know, sometimes uh, ships could be cloaked, which means you can't see them, but they're there. If they're showing themselves to specific people that are going to see it, are they thinking maybe that person needs to see this or they're open to it or they're doing that on purpose? Okay. Yes.
1: Uh, I had them fly over my house disguised as a jet aircraft.
0: Okay. But you were able to tell that it wasn't a jet.
1: I asked my guides, okay. I said, this is weird. Why is there a jet flying over my house in this direction, at this altitude, at this speed, at this time? Okay. None of these things add up. Jets aren't allowed to fly that low. This isn't a regular route.
0: Okay. It's
1: way below the minimum permitted altitude. Why is this going on at this hour? They said, no, oh, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the alien extraterrestrial vessel, but they're disguising themselves to look like a jet.
0: Interesting. So some of us, if we saw a plane, it could have potentially been ETs.
1: A plane, a cloud, all sorts of things.
0: Interesting. Oh, I'd never heard that before. That's fascinating. Well, one of the
1: ways they disclose or they disguise their presence is the exterior of the vessel has uh, basically a network of light emitting diodes, which we see all the time, for example, on cars, the daytime running lights. Well, they have them, in a matrix all around the outside of the vessel, mm. and they're very powerful. So they will simply recreate the image of whatever it is that's immediately behind them and project that. Mm. So you can be looking at, and in many cases, uh, they do this with quote unquote the mothership or the big main ship that typically stays uh, in orbit and out of range, out of sight, and it's it's cloaked anyway. Mm. Maybe twenty or thirty thousand kilometers above Earth's surface, and we have no idea that it's there. Right. But sometimes one of those large vessels will come into the atmosphere. Not all. Not We're talking something that's several thousand feet long. Uh, it can be at an altitude of ten thousand feet. You're staring right at it. You have no idea it's there. My gosh! Block all the radar. They block all the light imagery. You have no idea what's there.
0: Wow! But it's. There. So the ones that people do see though are smaller ships that come in from Scout the, ships. from the larger. Okay. Scout,
1: Scout ships, ships. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes there's no, there's no, uh, direct alien extraterrestrial aboard controlling them. Sometimes they're being okay. uh, remote controlled. Sure. Sometimes they'll have an occupant. Okay. Many people want aliens to come to Earth's surface, to show up and in interact with us, but in many cases they can't more than we can go to their planets. Uh, all of the conditions of Earth's atmosphere, humidity, sunlight, temperature, dust in the air, the combination of the gases can make it very difficult for them in many cases. Sure. So they don't. Yeah.
0: And that's something you talked about in the book, uh, we're carbon based, but then there are, uh, aliens that are, a lot of them are silicone based, correct? That's correct. Yeah. What would you say most ETs that you're aware of are, are more silicone than? No, it's about 50, 50. Okay interesting.
1: In some of the planets, the animal life is carbon based. The plant life is silicon based. Hmm. Other uh, planets, like for example, Sirius, all of the beings, the Sirians and all of the the, uh, plant matter grows there is all silicon. We're carbon
0: based. Sure. Okay. Are the animals uh, similar to ours sometimes?
1: Some are similar, some are not.
0: Yeah. Okay. I know we're jumping around, but when we talk about things, it makes me think about things that I think would be interesting. So You were talking about how, you know, ETs are fascinated with us and our, you know, our inventions, our civilization, all that stuff, our progression, our, maybe we're not, we are progressing in certain areas, um, but.
1: Oh, we're always, we're always progressing. In fact, we're progressing at a faster rate now than we ever have. Okay. Earth, right now in civilization is in the best shape it's ever been in.
0: Okay. I was talking more about human behavior, not necessarily inventions, but. You think human
1: behavior now is better than it's ever been.
0: Oh, wow. Well, that gives hope considering it felt, it's felt very heavy <laughs> over the last year and a half, especially.
1: Well, because we show one thing in the news, That's but true. does that accurately reflect what's really going on?
0: That's true. And there are a lot of, course- of people awakening, that term that I've talked about before, we'll just blanket it, the great awakening. People are awakening to things a lot faster and more now, but that's not always talked about on the news.
1: Well, it, it's actively uh, it's actively discouraged.
0: Right, and it's being censored.
1: Uh, totally, yeah. in other words, it's it's now okay to speculate about alien extraterrestrials.
0: But it wasn't before. <laughs> right.
1: So that's part of it, but to actively discuss or give you an example, uh, uh, Anybody that pays any attention to the news, you can't get away from national and world politics. I kind of wish we could, but well, you can't get away from politics if you go into a store and buy something because you have to pay sales tax, and where does the sales tax go, and who determines that? So that's public policy. So you can't stay away from it. But look at all the back and forth that's going on. Uh, for example, uh, I was chatting with the neighbors with the crawfish boil. The other day. If you don't know what that is, it's that's a, a Louisiana tradition, and my neighbors are originally from Louisiana, but it's very popular in Texas, uh, where you take a big vat and you fill it up with all the spices, and you pour it in the live crawfish and then little mini lobsters, and then you eat about 100 of them. <laughs> anyway, and, everybody, and then you sit around and drink beer and soda and, 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 and talk a lot of junk. Well, anyway, uh, one of the neighbors very much did not like the last president of the United States, Mr. Trump. And I said, well, I can certainly see why you don't like him, but I don't share that point of view. Oh, why not? And I said, well, because he's been persecuted. What do you mean? I said, well, okay, he gave a speech. And then later on that day, there was a riot at the Capitol building. So they decided that he was guilty of some felony offense. Well, I want to see the evidence that shows who in the White House was involved in organizing these people, who, was, who recruited them, gave them a plan, direction? Who gave them instructions? And why would they say any of this? In other words, you, Lauren Hale, I call you up and say, Lauren, go over to the fifth floor of the building and take a rock and throw it out. Are you going to do that? You're not. Why? Because, first of all, you're not going to do that. And even if you were going to do that to somebody who originally deserved it, You're not going to do it on my instruction. What authority do I have to review? Why would you listen to me? So in other words, when they said, well, he incited a riot. Well, that's a nice catchphrase. When it comes to prosecuting people uh, for a crime, it has got to be some evidence. You've got to tie them into it. If not, it's just persecution. So we'll see that. We'll talk about that. Immediately, all the people that don't like I agree with I understand, they don't, they don't like the former president of the United States, I understand, they're entitled to their point of view, they're right in many ways, they're not wrong. Because they don't like that president of the White House, suddenly they're going to look the other way when it comes to serious legal procedure. Sure. That's a very and I bring and I bring that up is a lot of people are familiar with this. Right. That's a very small example of larger issue of alien extraterrestrials and awakening of society. It's the same thing. As soon as someone in a position of authority, is generally somebody in government, suddenly finds out that there's a large body of people who think that they're all full of excrement, and a lot more, they now go to work at discouraging that discussion.
0: Right.
1: This is what social media is engaging in mm-hmm. right now. Uh, I'll give, uh, give everybody another example of an awakening. Uh, I never followed it much, but I saw headlines that did. There was apparently uh, a, an anonymous, maybe still anonymous entity or group called QAnon mm-hmm. you, that yep. showed up sometime in 2017, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And the news would always make referrals to posts and information, but nobody could to figure out where it was coming from. Well, it was very threatening to certain political interests. So what did they do? Well, they just created a fake QAnon profile through my guides and then started issuing all sorts of contrarian and contradicting, therefore hypocritical information mm-hmm. to confuse the average observer. Mm-hmm. So if I got on the other sort of blogging about Lauren Hale, looking you know, at you on screen. saying, yeah, she has dark brown hair. Yes, yeah, she has dark brown hair. Yes, yeah, she has brown eyes." And I keep saying, and I keep saying, it, people are going to start believing it. Right. Well, okay, then I'll get somebody else to come out and there and say, no, "No, no, 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 she has blonde hair. She just dyed it. She's lying. She's wearing contact lenses. She has blue eyes." Well, if you get an equal amount of volume from both sides, what happens? You start to disbelieve both sides.
0: Very confusing.
1: Mission accomplished.
0: (laughs) And that's what we're going through. That's what we're going through
1: right now. This is what goes on. Yep. This is what goes on with the Great Awakening right now. Every time something shows up, somebody else who sees that their interests are being gored, their, their, their political bull is getting gored, goes to work. Now, this is all human design. This is all being engineered by what are called the Illuminati behind the scenes, the people that really control what's going on, who pull the purse strings.
0: Now, is that the However, same as the cabal, by the way? would you Could you tie That's it? another name for okay. it. Yeah. So people kind of know. There it. are a okay. number of
1: names are all interchangeable. Sure, okay. But a large number of people are starting to wake up and think, this is a lot of political bullshit in every direction. Mm-hmm. And none of it's really very true. But they'll drop out little bits and pieces of what they think is true right. to try and fool us. Well, the alien extraterrestrials are watching all this. They're fascinated by it. Because all of their societies have gone through similar phases.
0: They've seen these things also. Say that one more time. That's interesting. Other planets or species have done, you're saying?
1: They've all gone through phases of growth in their own societies. Sure. And they see what the trials and tribulations were. And they're watching it on Earth. They're fascinated to see how we go through the process yep. but overall right now i think humanity is more awakened now than it has ever been there are more people that are aware of what's really going on than there ever been earth today is safer cleaner healthier better fed better taken care of across all of humanity by weighted average than it ever has been
0: it just doesn't seem that way because if you're watching in the news, you don't hear that. You only see the bad things. Of course. Okay. And so then, because I've talked about this before, um, and I, you and I had a little interchange of just kind of we're not that political of people, and I've really stepped back because I feel that I can't really trust either sides and all that stuff, but I'm more observing. You're about 80% correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm observing now, and I've had pushback even from friends, you know. I talked about this in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I've gotten pushback. You used to be so political. I missed that about you, Lauren, and you're you aren't watching the inauguration. Oh my gosh, and I've got so much crap. And I I just said, "You know, it, the energy is too much for me. I feel that I can spend my energy better in other places. I feel that this fake news thing and like you said, one side says one thing, the other it's it's in, it cannot win. There's debate after debate. It's exhausting. And I have even heard other people that are starting to say that too. I don't watch the news anymore, and people are starting to wake up, and so all of this is this part of the cleansing though that we need to evolve? Like all this muddy craziness, is this yes. part of but that just awakening? Turning,
1: But just closing your eyes and walking away and not paying attention, I don't think is the best way to get there, no. although it's a good start. I mean, I pay uh, attention, I, I pay attention I just to what goes back. on, but yeah. I'm very skeptical.
0: Yes. Well, let me rephrase. I still know what's going on. I you know what I mean? I'm still engaged, but I just not every day I'm not watching the news and just yeah. that repetitive and debating with people. Cause I just, there's no point in it in some ways. So I guess, are we going through this though? Is this oh, yes. on our way to oh, yes. evolvement?
1: Well, we're in the middle of it now. Uh, we're starting to see the beginnings of, and this is the reason we're getting so much alien extraterrestrial attention, by the way, we're starting to see the beginning of geophysical events, mm-hmm. which are going to continue to unfold over the next several decades and they are going to fundamentally change the way humanity uh, exists on earth now.
0: That and these when things I say like fundamentally, I mean or, fundamentally. Yeah. That things like the uh, fires in Australia, we had horrible ones in Western Washington and then also in Canada. Like, are those the types of things that you're talking about or?
1: Those are the small events in the beginning. Okay. But there, there's more to come. Some of it's starting to happen already. Okay. Okay. Uh, One of the big things that's going to occur is uh, energy from the sun is going to cause uh, very rapid and unpredictable fluctuations in Earth's magnetosphere, our magnetic atmosphere. That's gonna have several immediate, very, very significant effects. The magnetic poles, Earth's magnetic atmosphere are going to shift, in other words, the magnetic north pole and the magnetic south pole, are going to move around, in some cases, hundreds of kilometers in a period of several hours. Mm. Well, imagine what that's going to do to navigation.
0: Right.
1: It's going to severely disturb communications with satellites and knock a lot of them offline or just knock them out of commission altogether. So that's another thing that's going to happen. But it's going to be unpredictable. So this is going to change air travel we are already beginning to see, and we're going to see a long series of volcanic eruptions and the volcanic ash from those eruptions. When enough of it builds up in the upper atmosphere, it's going to cause Earth's atmosphere to warm up. Up until now, we think, oh, volcanic ash has a cooling effect. Well, that's true if it's localized. But most of Earth's heat does not come from the sunlight. It comes from inside of Earth. How do we know that? Well, the oil business. Mm-hmm. We can go to an oil uh, an oil field and a, and a drill site in south-central Texas in the Eagle Ford, Ford Plague, south of San Antonio, and spud in. That's the oil term for starting to make hole when they're going to drill. By the time they get 100 or 100 50 feet below the surface, the temperature of the soil is exactly the same there in South Central Texas in July. It is as it is in January on Alaska's slope, Mm -hmm. even though the air temperature at the surface is more than 100 degrees different. Mm -hmm. At 100, 150 feet below the surface, it's the exact same temperature. Where's the heat coming from? It's coming from inside Earth. So the heating of the Earth's surface Baseline heating is from the planet, the temporary day-night heating is from sunlight, and it's in exact equilibrium. All of the heating that occurs during the day is dissipated every single night. If that daytime heating and nighttime cooling off by even, say, one one-hundredth of one percent in a year, Within two or 3,000 years, that would change the climate drastically. Right. But it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, once the volcanic ash builds up, which is essentially powdered stone, once it builds up to the point in the upper atmosphere where it's blocking a percentage of sunlight from reaching the surface, that's also going to block rising heat, which dissipates at night once the sun goes down. Uh, most people don't think about it, but especially in a desert climate, uh, southwestern United States, Southern California, it's very common in, in Los Angeles to have a daytime temperature of 90 degrees Fahrenheit, and then at nighttime it drops down into the low 50s. Well, how does the temperature drop that far? There's very little humidity to retain that heat in the air, so it just radiates out. Well, it radiates out into outer space. Uh, because there's, there's nothing to block it. Well, if there were a thin layer of stone, that heat would only rise so far, and then it would be forced to spread horizontally. Well, when it has to spread horizontally forever, it can't rise very fast That stone. Now, the average temperature of Earth is going to change. Plus, the lack of sunlight reaching the surface is going to have an effect on vegetation. This is going to drastically alter Earth's climate for a certain period of time it's going to drastically alter the way of life on earth. Not everybody's going to like it.
0: So what's the purpose Uh, of this, I guess, on the grander scheme? Like, why would, why is that stuff? To wake
1: up, to wake up. We live in a society now. Well, I'll give you a couple of examples. Many women in marrying age, in your age group, so you can appreciate this because you know your age group, What's one of the first things that they'll look at a potential customer or a mate? How much money does he have? How much money can he make? Uh, that's not a bad thing.
0: Can he provide? Because
1: <laughs> as a provider. Yeah. But the parameters that are often set by many of the young women that are hoping to get married are unrealistic. Okay, he's got to make six figures. Okay, stop the presses. What percentage of available men that you might be willing to date and then marry? Make six figures, Uh, 5%, 8%. So you're cutting 90%, 95% of the eligible. Well, is that a smart way to approach things? No. When the entire economic system is set, that one very small example, but it's no bigger or smaller than any other example, is going to go away. Oh, I want to buy a new car, but why do you need a car? That's obviously why some people want a car what car am I going to get? How much am I going to spend on that car? And what is that car going to represent to me? Mm. Well, when almost nobody can have a car and when fuel is the equivalent of $15 a gallon and almost nobody's driving anywhere anymore, all of our financial attitudes for our general social attitudes towards wealth <clears throat> possessions mm-hmm. and how those things convert into happiness mm-hmm. are going to be forced yes, to change.
0: That's true. Okay. I mean, even just like with COVID, right? All of us were affected in different ways, but really for me, being at home more, I didn't used to be a homebody. Now I kind of love being at home, being with family, having good health, like the basics of what truly are important and just basics of just gratitude. Those aren't small things to be grateful for, by the way, that's how you live, but we're so busy. We're going to the next event and doing this and doing that and you get messed up. And so some of that was really hard being isolated, having things, you know, it was very political and everything and this fear of the virus and everything. And so I'm seeing a trend here. It, it's waking us up. It, it could be hard and challenging, but it it's going to restructure the way that we think and, and do things here. So yes. can you give some hope though? Because it is as hard being a human right now on earth in a lot of aspects. It's exciting if you're in tune with this stuff. And I'm very hopeful that it is part of this awakening where there are a lot of people, and I have my bad days too, like where it just feels so hard sometimes to be here in the political climate and all the division. And I know there's a lot of good stuff happening too, but just like from the ETs, is there any messages that are they're giving to us just to, you know what I mean? Can you give some positivity of like, how do we make it through some of these tough times to come even?
1: Well, the first thing is that don't see it as a tough time. Okay. That's what they're telling me. See it as change which presents an opportunity and here's the opportunity to discard Mm. a lot of the trappings of life that don't need to be pursued and along with discarding those trappings, what gets discarded? Stress, worry, concern. How many people are in their mid-30s 40 years of age and they're all messed up over about whether or not they'll be able to save enough money to retire and this is just something that's going to happen 25 or 30 years down the road and they're all been out of shape now and they're going to seminars about it now
0: mm-hmm.
1: for something that's going to happen 25 or 30 years from now
0: yeah
1: well who needs to put themselves through that stress to be aware of it and take a couple of certain steps that's fine.
0: yeah
1: oh but you have to understand about the stock market Nobody knows what's going to go on with investments in 35 years. Right. Well, my guides, my guides tell me quite a bit about what's going on economically. <laughs> We're going to see a huge economic retraction. Okay. Many people are going to see the numerical loss of wealth. But at the same time, they're going to discover how rich they really are. It's not in terms of money.
0: Yep. I follow you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge Well, okay.
1: look for example of money. And this is what my guys have told me many times. This is something that aliens are watching closely. They don't use money. Really. Yeah. Why would you accept any, any currency, any money from somebody? For the simple reason that you know that at some point in time of your choosing, it can be in the next five minutes. As soon as you can get someplace where they have something you want. Or it can be as long as you want to wait. You can turn around and give that little coupon, that little voucher you got, someone else and get something you wanted for it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So if you polish somebody's fingernails and you want to turn around and get somebody to clip your fingernails in turn for it, you provide a service, you get paid for it, or you provide a product and then you turn around and you get the product that you want. Mm -hmm. So really what is, and this is why economists call money fiat money, it's money that's based on faith, it's based on our belief. Mm What do you believe another human is going to do? Right. Well, what's another human going to do for us in 30 years? Or 20 years? We have no idea. Right. So why are we worrying about it so much? Go to somebody and talk to them about money in the year 1920. And then talk to them about money in the year 1940. So you get somebody who lived through the roaring 20s, Watch the stock market crash in 1929, watch the Federal Reserve and the federal government step in and just destroy the economy, telling everyone as they were destroying it that they were doing it for everyone's own good. Because make no mistake that the Great Depression in 1930s was completely a failure of government intervention. If they just stayed out of it, it would have corrected itself. And then what happened to the 1930s and had did World War II start? So you just take a human being, was alive in 1920 and you tell them about money and wealth and what's going to happen over the next 20 years and they would kind of laugh at it. But today, a very important history lesson. Oh, that was then, this is now. Well, now it's going to be to an even greater degree, even greater benefits because we're not heading into a world war. That's not coming. It's going to be a huge reset, but reset in a positive way. The big losers in all this are going to be governments, government officials, central authorities, the cabal or the Illuminati or the whatever name we want to put on them. Right. uh, They're going to be the big losers in all this.
0: Well, that's what I keep Uh, thinking to myself. Like they can censor and there's, you know, I mean, some people think this stuff is conspiracy like the Illuminati and all this stuff, but. I feel like, yeah, there's so much like liberation and freedom and growth and we're evolving and I'm very hopeful for that. I, you know, I still am a human and sometimes get stuck in this matrix, if you will, but I see it as positive, but you know, they can't really stop our souls from growing. That's the thing. Like they can try and censor things, but at the end of the day, people are going to make discoveries and people will be held accountable and governments will start to, I, I really do feel that. And so you, you well, governments
1: are more accountable to the people today than they ever have been. Mm-hmm. It's just that humanity in general, people are chomping a bit, and they want it to be better sooner, number one. Number two, part of this process is what's become very fashionable over the past at least 20 years is this, this notion of zero-tolerance policy, which is ridiculous. There is no perfection. No matter how nice we think we're going to make this institution or that institution, there's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there always is. That's just human nature. But the idea that we can make everything wonderful. We can make everything wonderful. We can make things the best thing that we can with our own thoughts, but we're going to have to accept aberrations from time to time.
0: Sure.
1: Well, the aberrations become a way for... Uh, the powers who wish to control us to do that, they, 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 they pick at our emotions. Uh, for example, I've heard, i only started hearing this term about over the last maybe year and a half, or two years, systemic racism. Well, okay, racism is part of a system. Well, we know exactly what that looks like in the United States. We probably wrote the best book in the world on it. It's called Slavery with Jim Crow. So anytime we see Uh, a, a prolonged social practice of discrimination or mistreatment of people based on race. We can go back to our history books and we can see many, many, many specific examples that show exactly what that looks like. Are any of those things happening today? No. So why are a whole bunch of politicians running around saying systemic racism? Because it pricks at our emotions. To walk up to a person and mistreat that person based on their race is horrible to almost everybody. So if persons person saying can then position themselves as the savior and the champion, they can control that group. I'll give you an example. Uh, My own daughter was racially excluded because of her white skin from taking place in a big, Big meeting and a big uh, protest at the University of Missouri after the killing of Ferguson. Mm. She was openly told to her face that she was not allowed to participate. She was white. Mm. Now, who are the people saying that? I wish I could pull those people aside and say, Do you understand what you're doing? You're telling everybody that to solve racism, be a racist. Right. That's like saying, Solve your alcoholism, get drunk. Yeah. What planet are you people on, yet yet they do it? Now that's, again, that's a small example, but why is this occurring? Well, it's occurring because the people that run things are desperate.
0: Are they trying to divide us? Because that's what it feels like. Of
1: course they yeah, are. Course they're, they're trying. Are. Yep. They're trying as fast as they can to divide us. They want you to think all men are dogs. They want men to think that all women are promiscuous hoes. They want all black people to think the whites are class racists. They're going to come out and start shooting them. They want all the whites to think that all the blacks are out. There. And, on and on and on and on and on and on.
0: But then when I say things like that, you know, or other people say, then they say, well, no, you're a conspiracy theorist, and that the government's again. Not against us. What are you talking about? And I kind of just think like, how do you not see through this divide? They're totally against you. Yeah.
1: How could anybody watch, for example, the, the uh, Democratic uh, primaries and all the debates and then the campaign of the eventual nominee, Joe Biden, and look at any of that and then compare it to what was going on on the Republican side and say, yeah, 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 a far superior campaign, much more compelling and appealing. And that's why Joe Biden won. Well,
0: it's because it's easy. It's a you surface level. Look at it.
1: Yeah. You can't look at it and say that that happened. He, he couldn't get 10 people together for a rally. Donald Trump got 50,000 as a drop of a hat. Right. But Joe Biden was more appealing. Nah, it just doesn't pass the smell test. Okay, back away from that. It doesn't matter who, or who lost her. The point is, this is an obvious example of government attempting to control us. Yeah. We don't have in the United States, certainly in most parts of the world, there has never truly been, there hasn't been in the United States for a long time, central authority or government that truly responds to the people. Central government serves its own interests and tells you it's for your own good.
0: Yeah. It's been like that for a while. <laughs>
1: It's been it's been going on for but most people see it for what it is.
0: Well, so then what are we supposed to do? Like, what are the ETs or your guides or like what's the advice? I mean, how do we deal with this? Because this is our current reality to some degree.
1: One of the things that you say you're doing, I'm doing it, is that I uh very much disconnect. I pay attention enough to know generally what's going on. Learn to ask your guides to clue you in, Mm -hmm. to give you hints to point you toward what's really going on, sure. not what they're telling you. Yep. Because Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Right. That's part of it. But pay attention to all of the changes, the geophysical changes that are occurring and are going to occur around us. Because they've
0: been happening along with the societal drama, if you will, too.
1: The COVID pandemic worldwide.
0: Yeah.
1: Pay attention to what's going on. For example, in South America right now, Over the past five or 10 years, the most prosperous economy in South America, one of the most stable countries, is going through nationwide protests Mm -hmm. because of the economic effects imposed because of the pandemic. This is in Colombia. There's a great message for a lot of people in all this. And one of the messages is, yes, it's right to be concerned about a pandemic and getting sick, but crashing your economy, is that worth the cost? Maybe not. Maybe this is worth the cost. Uh, Should you be doing this? Should you be doing that? No one's allowed to question it.
0: Yeah, if you question it, then you get it. People
1: should question it. People should question it. Uh, But the geophysical changes are going to force us into a way of life that we don't don't have a choice. There's no fuel at the gas station. If there's no food at the store... If something goes out, we just have to deal with it. Uh, uh, One of the things my guides told me is that this was a human, the uh, the, uh, coronavirus pandemic was human engineered. This is a human created virus. It was intentionally released. It was released, the the Chinese released negligently from their point of view, but they were played like chunks. They were used and abused. They will this ever
0: that. come out publicly, though? I wonder because obviously we can no. have a discussion, and people will roll their eyes. But I wonder, will it, will it ever be admitted to the public?
1: Uh, have you heard of JFK, John F. Kennedy? Mm-hmm. Okay, just to give you a couple of basics. Big we fan. were told we were told throughout our lives. You probably told also that he was shot by a former Marine whose name was Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald was in the Marine Corps from 1955 to 58, I think, or 59, 60, something like that, and left the Marine Corps and then went to Russia, Soviet Union, several years before the shooting in Dallas in November of 63. Well, at that time in the Marine Corps, the only way that Mr. Oswald was going to complete his basic training and go on to active duty was if he became quite proficient in the standard battle rifle issued to Marines and all the armed forces in the United States at the time, M14. Yet everyone told everyone that he used bolt action, six and a half millimeter Italian rifle with a scope. A U.S. Marine faced with the choice between an M14 semi-automatic firing a three or Winchester. a six and a half millimeter Italian bolt action gun with a scope, that would be like saying, Lauren, I want you to go ride your bike over to the next town. You can take a tricycle that would be a little bit larger than your daughter, or you can take a regular bicycle that you fit. Which would you choose? Number two, the route that that President Kennedy's car took approaching building from which everyone was told Lee Harvey Oswald opened fire, offered at least 15 to 20 seconds of uninterrupted, straight on uh, 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 targeting President Kennedy. There isn't a Marine alive who could walk and breathe that would wait until the point with shots actually were fired to do so. When he had a clear shot, he could have squeezed off six or eight rounds in six or eight seconds, rounds that hit twice the power of that bolt-action rifle, and he wouldn't have needed a scope to do it. Not at that distance, yeah. not at all. He could have just gone, bang, 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 and he killed everybody in the car. Right. And very calmly walked out of the building. He didn't do any of that. All the facts, point this. Has anybody in government ever admitted any of this? I have never even heard anybody even ask this question. Right. But I've been to the location myself. I know a little bit about the Marines, I know a little bit about some of the weapons. I went to the location and I said, this is the biggest crock of bullshit that's ever been written. This doesn't make any sense, what they're telling everybody. So fast forward to your comment. Is anybody in a position who didn't ever admit it? Of course not. Never. How many murder convicts ever come out and sit down and confess how they plan to kill their victim? Yeah. They never do. Uh, the people that engineered all of this did this for a specific reason. They used the Chinese as patsies. The Chinese are, on the greater world scale, naive. They're hungry. They're desperate to return to the glory of the Ming Dynasty of the 1400s. I have been around the world and lived in many countries, and I understand the mentality many people have about the United States. And this sort of sense of national pride can be used to set people up And the United States does it very, very well for our own interests. And that's what happened with the Chinese. So they did release it. They released it negligently. That's what they, they were duped. And this was done to set off a pandemic to remove Donald Trump and Republicans from power in the United States.
0: And those have been theories I've heard too. There's not any proof
1: anybody could ever lay out a court of law.
0: Totally. And so
1: it's very easy for someone that disagrees with what I said to say, that's conspiracy theory. You're entitled to your point of view, totally. but look at how events are unfolding and tell me how it's not what I just said.
0: seems like there's a lot of coincidences and yeah. So can you clarify though, to people that you don't necessarily have a bias that this is just stuff that you're one. Oh, my guys tell me all this. Yeah. Okay. I want to make that clear.
1: I have a bias like everyone has well, a bias. Sure. Here's my bias. I'll tell you my bias up front. 90 to 95% of people in a position of authority or government are liars. Okay,
0: and that's and they're kind lying of what I
1: think to is. you. <laughs> yeah. And they're 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 furthering their own interests. Yes. But they don't lie consistently all the time yeah. for every little thing. They mix it in with bits and pieces sure. of the truth,
0: just like the news, and
1: make sure that the big government machine that they're a part of does enough generally positive things yes. to make it easy to put a fake appearance on. It. Yes. Yeah. But the end of the day, it's us against them. They're manipulating us. Yeah. One of the reasons they had to get the Donald Trump is because he's not part of the government machine. Now, some people hated him, some people loved him. I don't think anybody observing the 45th president would think for a moment that he was part of the political machine and he was a politician. Right. Uh, the people that run things were so smug and confident, that he could not win that when he actually did, they were shocked. Right. They've been at this game for a long time. So they said, okay, we're going to have to deal with this problem for four years, but we've got to get rid of this problem forever. Right. They did, didn't they?
0: Yeah. And I've heard from a few different mediums that I've talked to specifically, and obviously I've done reading and whatever, but do you have a vibe that Trump did win to kind of mix things up? Was that his role? To help oh, totally. shake things What's up. What's his name? Donald Trump.
1: No. What does Trump mean? I don't know. <laughs> the Trump card. Uh-oh. You pull it out and you yeah. beat
0: everybody. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is Mr. Trump's life path been anything other than unparalleled success and achievement? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is like his is life the path. We'll see some president. Yeah. yeah. wake everybody up. And he ticked off a lot of people in the process because they didn't like his manner. Right. But if Mr. Trump had been like many people expect the typical politician to be, no one would have paid attention to him.
0: Totally. Okay. So he had
1: to be, and very often, uh, I took personal exception at Mr. Trump very often when he would go after Dr. Carson. Uh, the other uh, established politicians that were in the primary he would rip Jeb Bush, he would rip Rand Paul, he would all the other ones. I didn't care, I was kind of glad because they're politicians, they're lawmakers, they're very powerful. And if Donald Trump rips him a new one, he's being rude and crude, fine. I'm happy to see a person with privilege and power get their uh, family jewels fried a little bit. That doesn't bother me at all because they get great advantage and benefit of the position at minimum. Plus they get other things. All
0: right.
1: However, uh, Dr. Carson, the brain surgeon, He's not, he's not part of that whole mess. Okay. So Donald Trump went after him politically. Boy, that really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. But then I had to realize, look, you can't have perfection. You can't have all oh, There's a purpose. It, yeah. And the greater purpose of this is to wake people up. Yep.
0: Which I feel is done. <laughs> love him
1: or hate him. Yeah. Force people to pay attention to a leader who actually says what he means and does what he's going to say he's going to do. Sure. Even if you don't sure. like it. Yep. Uh, uh, that was his, uh, that was his life person. He was uh, reelected in uh, one of the most lopsided landslides ever. And the entire election was fixed.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's also been a theory out there too. Yep.
1: Oh, no, it's my guys have told me that. Yeah. Fact.
0: yeah. Wow. And then what about going back to Q for people that are curious? Is that, are you, do you get answers that that is um, a good group that's working for us or is it,
1: it's a very, it's a very positive group.
0: It's just that there's been subgroups, like you said, that were then acting like Q, but then doing bad things. See, this is what's yes, so confusing they, for people. And they,
1: the originators of this message, were buried in a torrent of conflicting, confusing information.
0: Yeah, this is why it's so confusing. To right? that
1: end, Confused to confuse and.
0: Uh, sure. I've actually heard um, that there were ETs helping uh, military insiders. That was who Q was. No, no, no. Aliens aren't no. involved. Alien
1: extraterrestrials would never interfere okay. in things like that. Okay. Not they would never do that. They're
0: not supposed to interfere. Okay.
1: No, they themselves, they self-police. Yeah. Uh, there are four uh, civilizations. Uh, Earth is part of a, I guess you'd call it a federation. It doesn't really have a name, an association, whatever you want to call it. Uh, of about 200 to 250 light years in diameter, roughly, extending out from where we are. It doesn't center around us, we're just part of it. But Earth is overseen by civilizations from planets revolving around the stars we call Sirius, Canopus, Arcturus, and the Pleiades cluster. Principally Sirius, the Pleiadians, and the uh, Arcturus. We get a lot of visits from Zeta Reticuli and the Europeans. The Canopians are from, or Canopians, you can call them whatever you want. These are all human terms, by the way. None of these civilizations use these words, right. but they know we use them. are kind of like the alternates behind them. The Syrians, in physical appearance, are often incorrectly labeled the tall whites. Because they're very tall and very pale looking. So you'll hear, oh, the tall whites, the tall grays, the short whites, the short grays. No, that's like saying, oh, I met these humans. They were the heavy browns. So what's a heavy-set brown person? That doesn't mean a damn
0: thing right.
1: from anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't give even the slightest indication of their culture, their background. So the Assyrians are one of the most advanced in our galaxy. They're very powerful technologically and they know who comes and who goes. But nobody ever crosses them. Not that it occurs that anybody would cross them. Because it just wouldn't be worth it. And the others do it also. They watch over everybody coming to Earth. Mm. Everybody understands they would never get together and work alongside any human sovereign nations armed forces. Never. Yeah. They might contact them. They might talk to them. They have extensive. But they're not going to hand them things. They get involved in human decisions. So, no.
0: And I've seen this in other places too, but, and you talk about it in your book, uh, presidents and people in the government are aware of ETs and have had contact. Constant. Yeah. People
1: but would be people shocked if they knew
0: that. It. Yeah, yeah. People in government conceal it
1: because yeah. at first they didn't know what it was. And then when they started to figure out what it was, they knew that there was going to be a negative effect. It's kind of like the person that tells a lie and then they, Discovered that they have to tell a new lie to cover up the old lie, right. and by the time they've told enough lies to cover up all the lies to make it look good, yeah. now it's too late to back out. And they got to keep it going yep. because the people in government have to appear competent. They have to appear like they're in control. How would we, the people, now today in the year 2020, react in any country around the world? Certainly, in the United States. If we found out that our government. Has been, or elements within our government have been conducting a sixty or seventy-year-long cover-up, concealment. Right. Who's going to be happy? Oh, I'm so happy you concealed this for seventy years. Right. Who's going to say that?
0: Well, they can say they're protecting us because the mass hysteria would come out. I mean, I get your point, but then why did they? Why did they admit that there's UFOs now?
1: Uh, because they 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 are realizing that the alien extraterrestrials. Are revealing their presence at oh. such a clip, and the people in government can't control them. Yep. They can control our attitudes sure. to a degree. Or at least so delay stop the general population <laughs> yeah. by letting out little tidbits of bullshit.
0: Sure. A little bit at a time.
1: But the top the top military people have been told, yeah, we're going to come into the atmosphere and we have these ships and we're doing this and we're doing that and don't worry. There's never going to be a collision. There's never going to be a hostile encounter. Sure, Stop shooting at us. They tried that a long, long time ago in the 1950s. Uh, Military jets attempting to intercept and then engage with alien extraterrestrial visitors simply said, no, it's too dangerous. Everybody's going to get hurt. So they just use an electromagnetic burst to disable the, the aircraft, force the pilot to eject wow. and deploy his chute. And they, the pilot didn't have to hit the ejector. They did it for him. Ejected him out of the plane. Wow. And he would crash. And they would say, don't do that again. Because the next time, what's going to happen? If you walked into a police station with a cap gun that looked like a real pistol, but it, when you pulled the trigger, it went bang, bang, like a cap gun. So As soon as you actually tried to fire it, everybody could hear that it was a cap gun, that it wasn't the real thing, but it certainly looks like the real thing. Like, yeah. It looks like a starter pistol. Well, if you went into a police station and pulled the gun out like that, and started pointing it around, what would happen? Everybody would duck behind their desks and draw their own guns, and then right away you would start going bang, 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 and shooting these caps. Mm-hmm. Well, then they would realize that you couldn't really the buddy. Right. What would happen to you? Probably nothing. It would be difficult for them to press charges against you, saying that you went in there to intentionally harm someone, because you went in with a cap gun, You went yeah. in with a starter pistol, you didn't really hurt anybody with it. Either way, it would be very, very clear to you. Don't do that again. Yeah. Because the next time you do it, then what are we going to think? Is this a real gun? Right. You can't do that. This is too dangerous. Well, this is what the alien extraterrestrials call the military forces. Don't, don't send jets up to, to fire at us, shoot weapons at us. It's useless, there's no point. We're not shooting weapons at you. And if you want to come up and have a look, fine.
0: Sure, wow, okay. Now,
1: are the, are the people in the armed forces that have come out and say, oh, well, we've encountered these visitors coming into our atmosphere, atmosphere that, that, that send around these tiny little ships that can move at five to ten times the speed of a bullet, stop on a dime, drop from 10,000 feet to the surface of the earth in two or three seconds, and then fly away so fast we disappear. And we can't track them on radar. There's no radar signal. There's no... nothing. Who in the military wants to come out and say this? Right. Half the people listening are going to say, uh-oh, secret Russian technology? And the other way around, anybody in Russia hears this, the first thing they're going to think is, is this secret American technology?
0: Yeah. So
1: for that reason alone, it's not a good idea to say it because sure. generally skeptical people are get worried.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, we're getting close to the 1.5 hour mark here, but I do want to I get a few more things in really quick because we have talked a lot about yeah. just, you know, our current situation, which is very important, but I think there's probably people that are a little curious, just even like the physical appearance and um what planets and how many are out there. But, you know, for the skeptics, I always think, how could we be the only ones in this universe? I mean, it is so, right. It is so big. How could we just be the only ones? To me, it blows my mind that people think that, but I mean, just, just in our, our galaxy that we can measure how many around, uh, planets with civilization are there with human, you know, not human life, but in our galaxy. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands. Okay. Wow.
1: In our star cluster, which is about 250 stars. Okay. Uh, my guides are telling me of living planets with living beings, uh, both animal and plant life a couple dozen. Okay. In different stages of development.
0: And that's what I was going to ask you too. So some are obviously more advanced technologically, telepathically, they can do things, but are there some yes. that are behind us? Yes. Okay. Wow, different ranges.
1: But the 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 uh the ones the aliens that most closely resemble us physically are the Pleiadians from the Pleiades mm-hmm. cluster, the Seven Sisters. Yes. Subaru is the name of the constellation in Japanese. And that's the logo of the, yep. car. Oh, the
0: car. A lot of people didn't yeah, notice the, that
1: of ladies constellation. little
0: stars. Yep. You have to pay attention to that. Um, okay. So then, they are
1: carbon based. They look like humans. Yeah. In fact, many yeah. of them have come to earth and learned how to pass themselves off as a human physically. Yes. There, many of their atmospheres are very similar to ours. They can live for a pretty extended period of time. Humans were created as I explained in the book, humans were created as an alien hybrid civilization And our physical appearance was modeled after the Pleiadians, not initial. The first initial uh, humanoid uh, hybrid-type beings that were created, we have the remains of them, and we call them Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal, and we speculate about evolution and how one turned into the other. That's all wrong. None of that's true. Those are just different versions of different humanoids that were DNA-created. The whole allegory of the Garden of Eden and the gene splicing, that's
0: true. That's what happens. So I actually had a, a, a listener ask me specifically about that. So I'm glad you mentioned that. They asked, so is Adam and Eve, is that a real story? where those real people?
1: Yes, but it's an allegory. Okay. It's a story that refers to real events that occur pretty much along those lines.
0: But the Adam and uh, Eve were created from aliens and animals that were here. Correct. Okay.
1: The aliens that visited took DNA from animals that were already here because that imbued these new beings with the characteristics to live on Earth's
0: surface. For sure. Okay. The
1: atmosphere, the, the, the everything.
0: So, but nuggets our of truth. Physical in the Bible. appearance <laughs>
1: is that of the Pleiadians. Yes. Humans were also programmed with latent DNA capabilities so that as we move to different parts of the planet in different climates. We adapt, mm-hmm. and you see this now. You go around the Earth, tall, short, white, black, brown, mm-hmm. yellow, straight hair, blonde hair, brown hair, black hair, curly hair, yep.
0: and that's why well, we have different different races. Pardon? That's why we have different races, correct? Because we exactly. moved around, yeah, exactly. Okay, and then so in the and Bible, me, if
1: you took a whole bunch of black people from what's now Central Africa and put them in, <clears throat> take about. 15 to 20 generations and put them in Finland within 15 or 20 generations, they would look a lot like the Finns. Yeah.
0: That is fascinating. Wow.
1: But who remembers 20 generations back?
0: Right. Nobody. And to record the change, it's, you can't record that over that amount of time, how, it, how it, they started to change. Um, okay. So are there, for people that are more structured in their religion that, Don't talk a lot about ETs and that might threaten their faith, if you will. So you're saying there are bits and pieces of truth though in like the Bible. If they're talking about Adam and Eve, they just leave the alien part out. (laughs) Correct. Okay. So there are bits and pieces. They don't say aliens, but that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, we're aliens if you think about it. If there are others there are, but other species on other planets and they saw us to we're technically an alien too. We don't think of ourselves as an alien though. Yeah.
1: We are. We're not a native species to Earth. We were created.
0: Right. Wow. That's amazing. We have not been taught that our whole lives, so it's, it's a lot to...
1: Well, we don't have any evidence or proof that would be accepted generally sure. to substantiate that. But human history, just in the past several hundred years, is loaded with examples of we had no scientific... Explain electricity to somebody 300 years ago, 200 years ago, 100 years ago, and now... And the 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 advances that have been made. Yeah. Uh, Tell somebody 400 years ago about how you can have electric lamps and you can plug things in the walls and computers. You couldn't tell anybody that 400 years ago because they would say, "There's no evidence. There's no proof." Well, here we are. This is the development of, of of mankind. We're not going to pursue the idea,
0: sure,
1: much less the actual evidence, until we accept consider that it's possible.
0: Yeah. When I liked it, like this is also in your book, and I know a lot of people have heard of this or watched ancient alien type of shows, but even this in itself to me feels like it more proves it for people that are skeptical. Like talk about Stonehenge, the pyramids in Egypt. There were not technologies around back then to build these structures in such a perfect manner. That alone in itself, how did they do that, right? Well… Well, the
1: the humans under the Atlantis civilization had technologies that we can only begin to dream about right now. Many of the things you're referring to were built in the interim. Atlantis collapsed about 20,000 years ago. Our recorded human history that we accept as current human history goes back about 6,000 years. Mm. There's a good 14,000 years in there that we don't have documentation for. Right. So... Things like the pyramids were built, those were definitely built by alien extraterrestrials as ground markers and antennas. Interesting. Stonehenge was built by humans using technologies that humans had from Atlantis. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. So when was that Atlantis and then how many like years before the pyramids? Oh, Atlantis
1: is... Uh, Atlantis predates the collapse of Atlantis. Atlantis is... Pinched. Sun has been there for more than 20,000 years. This was humans that had the anti-gravity technology mm-hmm. very well developed. Wow. Anti-gravity technology is just a different way to use magnetism. Mm-hmm. We can use anti-gravity technology and lift anything if we want to. Yeah. Wow.
0: And I don't know a ton about Atlantis. I actually need to do more research. But was that across the globe or was it in just one part of the globe? all over. Okay. So it was a civilization. And how did it get wiped out?
1: Uh, The final blow that wiped them all out was a meteor strike, but they largely did it to themselves and caused the breakup of the island of Atlantis, the remains of the electricity generation device, which they built, which was massive, remain under Bimini in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, it builds up an electromagnetic potential and discharges, and that's the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. But it's buried below the sea floor. Yeah. So, the evidence of this, we have to go down and excavate. Well, how much money is that going to cost? Someone's going to do it without having some expectation of being able to find something. But if they did, they would find something. But then again, what sort of return on their investment would they get for it? Right. How many, t- how many tickets would you be able to sell? How much money could you make off of it? Because remember, humans don't do anything until there's money involved. Right. Uh, money is time. So if there isn't going to be enough money coming in at the other end, nobody's going to do it.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's true. Um, I wanna jump back real quick before we kind of wrap up here. Um, you said like Pleiadians are here. So I've had two mediums that I've worked with that believe they're from. You know they're from that star cluster, but they're here, um, so that would then prove the medium
1: believes that the medium from is from there and raised on Earth.
0: Well, they think they're from there originally. Maybe their soul, like they were living on that planet. Well, no, our soul
1: isn't from any planet. Okay, well, our soul has had life experiences and yes, incarnations. And they, that's what I mean. Like they
0: had lived on, you know, the Pleiades. One of those. I don't know how you say it, the star clusters. Oh yeah. You might have
1: also many of us. have. Sure.
0: But you're just here as a human on this earth at this time,
1: but you might have
0: been on other planets as other ETs.
1: That's not uncommon.
0: Okay. So ETs like that you speak with that are on other planets, they have souls as well. Of course they're physical
1: beings just like we are.
0: They're in an experience just on another planet.
1: In a very different state of physicality. Yes. They can move between different dimensions, as we understand, differently than us. Okay. But they're just as physical as us. So you can walk right up to them and touch them.
0: Right. Okay.
1: In the right environment. They could come up to a human and touch you. No problem.
0: Sure. Okay. So there are people that are, f- are from other planets. And then this is just a, a fun one to throw in because, again, people like to talk about this as being a conspiracy. But reptilians, are these, is that something that, are they here? Yes. Physically walking around.
1: Yes. And they look like reptiles. Yeah. There are some, I was, my guides told me at one point, there are some alien extraterrestrials from, uh, it's another part of the galaxy. Actually. They're not part of our star cluster, but they have come close to earth to visit. They haven't come onto the surface and they look like lobsters. Interesting. They're highly intelligent.
0: So star Wars isn't so far off. All these weird no. creatures on the ships. <laughs>
1: Correct, and they, they they look they look like lobsters.
0: You wonder so many people are into about, the Star eight to,
1: Wars. They're eight to ten, eight to 10 feet tall, oh but they God. don't have claws like a lobster. They have almost like a six or a ten digit hand.
0: You wonder about some of these things that they have. Huge they're very qualities. intelligent. They're
1: smarter than we are.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. But they
1: don't show themselves because they know the effect. Yeah. yeah. How would you react? How would I react if you saw? A 10-foot-tall lobster coming towards you that had hands instead of claws. 10 feet tall.
0: Yeah, that would be alarming. Mean, <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: And they know that, so they're not not—they're not going to provoke fear or problem. If you saw a pack of wolves in the wild, and you somehow managed to get close to them, of course, how you would do that without them knowing, I don't know. But let's assume that you managed to get within 15 feet of a pack of wolves. Or, or coyotes, what would they do as soon as they detected that you were there? They'd head in the other direction at warp
0: six. Right. Wow. Because
1: they just instinctively know that you represent danger.
0: Right. You're a human.
1: These are bad news for, 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 for wild canines. So off they go. Well, we would understand that too. So if this eight or 10 foot tall lobster came towards us, what would we do? But this eight or 10 foot tall lobster is twice as smart as Einstein wow. and has devices the where they can translate and speak to us and tell us things, but
0: we're never going to hang around
1: long enough to actually give them the chance to speak. We're going to run as fast as we can. And and as soon as we can grab the biggest gun we can and (laughs) sit behind the door.
0: Wow. Because
1: it's just normal human instinct.
0: Sure. So then how come on your book and, you know, most like the emoji and most, you know, movies and books that we grow up reading about aliens. They all kind of have that gray, that tall gray, or this look with the big eyes. Why are most looking like this, not like lobsters? Are there more that are looking?
1: Oh, because those, that look is somewhat representative of the typical appearance Okay, that Syrians and Arcturans present.
0: That are, in our, are closer to us and that have a lot of- They're cousins. They're cousins and they're observing us more and, okay. All the time. Yeah.
1: Wow. the reason their eyes are shaped like that what my guides tell me is the actual amount of surface light that reaches their planets is lesser they have have
0: bigger. Uh, yeah so the bigger eye is uh,
1: is uh, is uh, very very uh, helpful for visual acuity the intensity of the sunlight is much different mm. they're not carbon-based. It's silicon-based, so the color of the skin is very different dealing with the effects of light. Mm -hmm. The atmosphere gases are different, so the more damaging uh, frequencies of light, like, for example, ultraviolet is bad for us, uh, doesn't affect them the same way. So they're quite different from us. They're Uh intelligent. Uh, They've come come to Earth, and they have met with humans, and they have invited some humans aboard their ships. So humans who have seen them have seen this look so that becomes. So there's a reason
0: why there's depicted in movies and things. There's some truth to yeah. it. Yeah, it's not so sci-fi. But they don't all look like that. Right. Right. Okay. Well, there's sure a lot out there that a lot of us don't know or aren't sure of. But I mean, I'm open to all of this, and I can't help but kind of just hope that some of this stuff comes out at some point.
1: Not a whole lot is going to come out, and I'll tell you why to conclude. Okay. All of this represents in one way or another thrilling entertainment which is nice but humans have demonstrated ample capacity for generating thrilling thrilling entertaining things on our own so we don't need visitors from outer space to come do that for us sure. and if they do that's great so for many people even though they don't actively think this, the idea of aliens is just the new, more exciting form of zombies, a zombie invasion. What is this? It's thrilling. It's very entertaining. That's not where they're here. Right. The aliens are observing us and will talk to us. but They're going to tell us things about human society that many humans don't want to hear. Humans want to hear that human preferences are the best. Yes. Many humans... Want to see a safe society? They want to see violence go away. Well, what the aliens have said, but if you want to see who's responsible for all the violence, rush into your bathroom and stare in the mirror, and there's the violent killer staring. I'm not a violent killer, but your fellow humans are. Right. Yeah. And then you'll say, but, 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 but. You say, but, but, but. you humans teach each other violence. Right. What three-year-old children who are perfectly physically capable of doing it run and grab knives and stab other children to kill them? Never it, happens. It's tough. I've heard of it ever yeah. happening in my entire life.
0: Yeah. Where does
1: a four-year-old intend to kill another human being? I have never heard of it. Right. Where does a 14-year-old intend to kill another human being? Unfortunately, it happens.
0: It starts. Free- yeah.
1: In other words, what I'm saying is that it is absolute 100% across the board human nature not to harm, or harm one another. Example, look at all the two, three, four, and four-year-olds who already have the physical capability to do it. The worst part with a, a small child is that when they get their hands on a deadly weapon, most often they hurt themselves.
0: They don't know. Who.
1: They don't go after other humans. Right. But by the time some of us are 15, we can't wait to do it. Where does that come from? We teach one another murder. Very few humans want to hear how we are fucking ourselves to death. It's horrible to use those words. It's horrible to say, but it's the absolute truth. We don't want to hear it. We want to hear how somebody's going to come in and solve the problems that we create. We energize them. We renew them and we revel in them. How do we revel in it? Oh, we go see a movie with cops and robbers.
0: Yeah. And we watch
1: people shoot each other in the movie. Well,
0: sure it is. Yep.
1: <laughs> well, that teaches children to get guns and shoot other people. Yeah. Now it doesn't work with most of the children, but it does with some of them. Right. Where's the evidence to prove that humans are slaughtering each other? Line up all the three or four year olds. None of them do it. Absolutely none. It's completely absent. It is not human nature to be violent. But it is human nature to learn from other humans. So we, the humans, have to make better choices. And those choices start with ourselves. Choice number one, freedom of the press, freedom of speech is sacrosanct. You have the freedom to make movies showing people killing other people. And you have the freedom not to patronize the movie. Yes. And if enough of you don't patronize the movie, no one makes the movie anymore. Right. Right. That symbol of violence amongst humans goes away. Now I'm not making this up. I'm a very social scientist. My guides have told me this. The aliens have told me this. Sure. This is what aliens want to tell humans. Humans don't want to see this. What do humans want to see? Ray guns. Yeah. Gadgets. And devices. I totally Take me on toy rides.
0: Yeah. And I get all that. And it's a good point. I guess it just feels sad to me that like, you know, I, I'm seeing this with other people that, cause some people aren't going to believe some of the stuff we're talking about. If this really is true, then how do we not know our like original story of how we're created? How do we not know that we're not alone in this planet or this universe? Like we don't know our, our true truths. We like, do know it.
1: It's written down in all the historical books. We just pretend that it's not true. Yeah. How did this get into the Bible and then get read by 3 billion people?
0: Yeah. There's truth oh. scattered around.
1: It's true, but it's not packaged in the form we learn to prefer. Well,
0: because man-made, they changed it, right? It's man-made. Yeah. Correct. Okay. That's
1: exactly right. So that's the real purpose of the aliens is to tell us things about ourselves so that we can help ourselves because we certainly can. Sure.
0: And more and more people are having interactions and seeing them. And so slowly, if people are open enough, then maybe we can learn and change. But for right now, there's a lot of people that are skeptics and, and that's okay. They're on their own path, but.
1: I well, everybody's a skeptic because they've been taught to be a skeptic. Right. Just like everyone has been taught to be violent. Right. But it is take, a, uh, take a, take uh, a, I've used this example several times. Take a one-year-old, you've got the six month old daughter, she'll six months, she'll be a year old. Uh, I wouldn't recommend doing this, but just for example, just imagine if you had a very large hunting knife with a sharp tip on it. I'd say it's a fair chance that by the time she's a year of age, she's never seen one of those. Probably not. Probably won't see one until she's ten, if if even that early. But if you took it out of its sheath and held it up or and held the tip of that knife up near her nose, what would she do? She'd look at it like a new interesting object and might want to reach up and actually touch it. Something nobody 10 years of age would whatever, do. Yeah. Do the same thing with a house cat. What would the house cat do? They might move their nose up to it and try and sniff it. Mm-hmm. Hold up the point of a hunting knife to the nose of a 14 year old and what would they do? So that's an example of humans learn things. Right. We learn to be skeptical. Right. We learn to be doubtful from social environments. We have to unlearn it.
0: Most people
1: don't want to unlearn things that they've learned.
0: Got to lift that veil. And some of us, it's lifting.
1: Yes, but most people have learned lots of things that they don't want to unlearn, and they're not ever going to unlearn. Uh, But there are things, and that's what the aliens want to do. They want to help lift that veil up and show us things about ourselves that will help us. But none of those things are going to thrill anybody. Well, for example, how many people want to go inside of the alien extraterrestrial ship and go for a toy ride? The answer my guides have told me and the aliens have told me is that going for a ride in an elevator in a tall building is many times more exciting. If they get inside of the alien ship that's now suddenly going to transport them to another planet in a period of two hours, that's going to be like sitting in a gray room. Yeah. Where's the excitement of sitting in a gray room? There's no excitement there at all. And then when it arrives, you're going to get out, and you're going to be in this very strange place. Okay, you want to see this strange place? Well, you can't go see this strange place because you can't breathe the air. Right. Because the gases in the air are too different. That's why we don't come to your atmosphere. Right. uh, Number one. So... You're going to have to come home again. So you're going to go back inside the ship. And the ship is nothing interesting to look at. It's pretty simple in form on the outside. Most human aircraft are much more interesting. And you're going to get inside. And it's going to be very antiseptic. You sit down for two hours and read a book. And then you're going to come 80 light years across the star cluster. And you're going to be back on Earth. Yeah. What was so interesting about that? Going to the movies is more interesting than that. <laughs> so, but you can't tell anybody this. They want to go for a joyride in the ship because they think it's going to be like the way humans yeah. imagine it. Right. It's not going to be. They're not here to do things like that. They're not here to give us weapons, to show us technologies that are going to cause harm and benefit. They're here to tell us about ourselves.
0: Sure. And
1: wow. will openly tell us about yeah. Earth's history. Wow. Which is going to shock a lot of people. But that's not going to distort our future. Sure. They want to tell us about our history, where we came from, when the, when dinosaurs were here, different things humans did, how this mountain range was created, how long it took to create that mountain range. In many cases, it's a lot faster than we believe. Hmm. A lot of other things have happened. This is your history, and this is your potential future, and this is how you can do things. Hmm. Oh, yes, and you're in the driver's seat. And oh, well, we have these problems. People don't get enough food to eat. So they'll sit us down and tell us this is how you arrange things so that everybody has plenty to eat.
0: Wow. We have a lot to learn.
1: Well, we are learning.
0: Good. Yeah. Well, I've learned a lot and you've sure taught a lot of people in your book and today, and I appreciate it. I'm, I'm grateful that you've spent time here with us today and in your book and with all the people that you share this with, I'm very grateful that you share the information that you receive. Thank you.
1: Well, it's, it's a life plan for me. Yeah. The credit really goes to my guides.
0: Thank you, guides. And thank you to the ETs that are are taking the time to care for us. And yeah, it's it's a fascinating topic for sure. So I, I do appreciate your time and and the guides. My time. guides did
1: tell me to say one thing towards the end. Okay. Uh, nearly everyone that watches that has just watched this video on YouTube had alien extraterrestrial observation of them watching Watching. the video.
0: Yeah. Very cool. So this interview is being watched.
1: And they are being watched to monitor and measure their emotional reactions and thoughts.
0: Interesting.
1: Not just the person's guardian angels and guides, who do that anyway all Uh the time, But, but alien extraterrestrials are interested in watching those people. To Are see they how excited they that
0: we're talking about this?
1: It's exciting. Oh, yeah, they love this.
0: All right, guys. Thank you.
1: <laughs> they love this sort of
0: stuff. Cool. I love it too.
1: Okay. Uh, okay, well, last
0: I mean, well, there's questions for days, but I I mean maybe we can chat again sometime if you'd be willing to come back. But I will say again for anyone interested, we will again put this in the uh show notes. It's called The Alien Handbook by Patrick Dehan. A guide to extraterrestrials if you want to know more there's a lot more in here that we didn't cover about physical experience, physical excuse me appearances um lifespan of certain ets uh some a lot of stuff on their technology how they live um how they communicate things like that um so if you if you want to know more definitely check out this book and um where else can can people find you your website uh, on my website yep was it the amendments I
1: do Pretty much as a hobby, the uh, address is the amendment, two words, very simple, T-H-E-A-M-E-N-T-M-E-N-T dot net.
0: Perfect. Okay.
1: Why did I pick the net extension rather than com? Because I think of network.
0: Okay. I like that.
1: Now, I want to point out one very interesting thing. The background motif that you have. Oh, yes. Do you want to see some, okay, look at my shirt.
0: Oh wow, we were channeling.
1: It matches, but in a different color scheme.
0: That's kind of cool. Leaves and now, the how did I
1: know that when I picked up this shirt? I don't know. I didn't. But why did I pick it up? See the channeling and the synchronicity? Have a it. look again, folks.
0: I love it. And that's one of the um I did a, a episode on if you haven't listened to it, manifestation and angel numbers, and I talk about you know angel numbers 1111, 11, 222, or you see signs in nature, things like this, little signs and little like uh, coincidences that pop up. I think it means something.
1: They're not always a coincidence.
0: Well, that's okay, good point. It's not a coincidence, but I am saying that as a human, there's something there. Oh yes. (laughs) I love it. All right, for all the haters and skeptics right there, look at that channeled energy. Cool. Well, thanks so much again, Patrick. And um I enjoyed I, it. I did too. And for everyone listening, I hope you uh, you learned something. I hope your interest has peaked. We covered a lot. And um I thank you for listening as always. You can find more information on Lauren.live. That's my website and my Instagram handle at Real Lauren uh live. Uh so anywho, thanks again for tuning in, everybody.